turn your Bibles, please, to Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, in our series, Strength for Today, Hope for Tomorrow, Revelation 21, 5. So let's look at Revelation 21, 5. This is the Word of God. He was seated on the throne and said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then join me. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Father, we're so glad this morning that we do have your word. It's certain and it's true. Speak to us by your spirit from that word we pray. Speak to us through the sacrament uh, as we receive that as well, we would pray. Uh, And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle John's taking us on a rather remarkable journey as we close out Revelation. This morning we continue as we look at the last Uh, eight verses that introduce these first two chapters. God speaks from the throne in verse 5, and as we watch and listen, we realize that in reality we're standing on the very edge of eternity uh, itself. So what do we see? What do we hear? Let's go to the text. First, we have God's great announcement. He was seated on the throne and said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Uh, Ever since... The fall in Genesis 3, the earth's been under a curse. Paul tells us in Romans that it's, it's groaned as it waits a new day. And then we, we see and we read about sin's impact every day. Uh, we know earth's sorrow. We know, we know sin's impact. We know pain. But Isaiah sparked great hope when 2,700 years ago uh, in Isaiah 65, he said, For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. And the former things shall be remembered or not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. Behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard under the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. Friends, that's the day that we're longing for. It's the hope that we have when Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. Uh, God's people have always talked uh, and sung about their hope, about crossing the Jordan, about Beulah land, about when the roll was called up yonder, about face to face with Christ my Savior. Uh, and, And as we said two weeks ago, we have eternity in our hearts And now we're on the edge of it as as God declares in the present tense, I am making all things new. So even now, that new day is dawning. Even now, God's at work in us. Uh, And He's constantly at work in us who are His new creations, as Paul says. From the old is gone, the new has come. And it's a process that God will one day complete uh, when either we die or when Jesus returns. And John's so overwhelmed by what he's seeing and hearing that he's got to be reminded, you know, write this down. 
These words are trustworthy and true. So God's promise is He's making all things new. And this is a statement we completely trust because God said it. In a very real sense, God's reminding us all His promises are true. All the promises of God. Back we read, and He said to me, It is done. What was it Jesus said at the cross? It is finished, you remember? Now he says it is done. Literally, it says they are done. Uh, And what's the they? Well, the implications and impact of Jesus' death on the cross are now complete. And all those Old Testament promises, all those gospel promises that Jesus gives us, they will have been carried out at this point. And so we have what God wants to do is, is grasp the, the framework of history. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Alpha the first, the Alpha and Omega the end. Friends, the history of, the, of planet Earth starts and ends with God. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And now here it says that, that history comes to a complete stop. And then a restart in eternity. God Himself is the Lord over all of history. Knowing God as the Creator, knowing God as the Creator, it's a complete game changer for any human being. So Solomon challenges you young people, and he challenges us as well, to remember also, he says, the Creator in the days of your youth. Keep that accountability as the foundation for our lives. God is the creator. He is our creator. We are responsible to him. And he gives us these great statements about the great blessing it is to be the followers of Christ. He says, to the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Now we notice up above there's, there's no sea. The idea that, that there's, there's no chaos anymore in the new earth. But friends, there's still water. There's still plenty of water, and it's the water of life. When Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years, at times they didn't think they had any water, and God provided over and over again. He provided it from a rock. And we get to the New Testament, and it tells us that the rock they drank from is Jesus Christ. Isaiah 49.10 picks up on the idea, They shall not hunger or thirst Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them, for he who has pitied on them will lead them, and by springs of water he will guide them. Then you turn over a few pages, Isaiah 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. It costs nothing to us. Jesus in his gospel, and John in his gospel tells about Jesus talking with the woman at the well in Samaria. Jesus tells her, he said, if you knew the gift of God, and who is it saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. A few pages over, Jesus is in the midst of that, I'm not so great water festival of sorts. With all these huge things of water around, he says, if anyone thirst." Let him come to me and drink. So God's the source of life. We come to him for a drink. Some of y'all pay for smart water. All right? This is better. 
This is living water and you pay nothing. This is the water of life that quenches our thirst. So given all this good news, Jesus challenges them to stay the course. He says, the one who conquers will have this heritage. Now maybe remember that when he was writing those letters to the seven churches to challenge them to stay the course, he always ended with the challenge to the one who conquers. And we've not seen that word conquer since chapter 4 until we get here again. So seeing how the story of history ends, Jesus encourages us to stay the course for the whole journey through life. You know, the gospel song that we often sing that's about discipleship, not about salvation, is true. I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. And what? No turning back. No turning back. And when we do this, this is the heritage we have. This is the inheritance we get. It's nothing we earn. It's what we receive as a gift by trusting in Christ. Uh, we have everything promised here in Revelation 21 and 22. And, you know, next week we're going to sing a new hymn that we've been singing on Sunday evenings called Almost Home. And it ends this way, almost home. We're almost home, so press on toward that blessed shore. Oh, praise the Lord, we're almost home. And friends, we are. Not only that, but God promises, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. It's almost a direct quote of what God said to King David. Now he says it to each one of us. This is our eternal relationship. We're children of God. We're, we're sons and daughters of the king. You know, this favorite line of mine, I've told you before, it's in several hymns. I am his and he is mine. What joy. But then this section, this introduction, closes with a great contrast. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars... Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Friends, while we enjoy all the wonders that uh, we've looked at, those who reject Jesus do not. And that gives you a very devastating perspective on just how perilous the situation is for, for non-believers. It's a reminder of why we commissioned these this morning, why we must persist in evangelism and telling the people we love and telling our neighbors uh, and telling strangers and sending people around the world uh, the good news of Christ. Uh, perhaps we, people we encounter every day around us choose to live the way these verses describe. They choose to live in absolute rebellion against God. So we must lovingly and boldly and compassionately tell them the truth. The truth is this. Quit looking for satisfaction in sin. Quit looking for meaning in life and the things of this world. Let them grow strangely dim and drink deeply from Jesus. So what about us? What difference does all this make today? You know, realizing that we are on the edge of eternity uh, means we take our calling seriously as the people of God. We know we're His by grace. 
And we know he calls us to live by the guidance of his word today. Uh, because we remember we're almost home. So the strength is for today to give us hope for tomorrow. On behalf of Jesus, I would invite all here today who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and members of Good Santa of an evangelical church to come to this table. Uh, uh, it's a table where we come to, to celebrate our new reality, that we're new creations. To remind of the hope we have is even now we stand on the edge of eternity. Hope that strengthens us by, by what we're learning today. Uh, now, if you're here and you're not yet a believer, we're so glad you're here uh, to, to hear what God offers. Uh, but the Bible urges you not to partake of the elements, rather let them pass. Follow the suggestions in the bulletin and, and talk with one of us afterwards about Jesus. Again, as we said, this, today's text, you can see, makes this a, an urgent uh, conversation to have. Likewise, children not even examined by the session should not partake, but please see me about a class for that. Believers, this is a meal to encourage as we stand on the edge of eternity. This table assures us of his love for us. It assures us of his victory for us. It's a meal that calls us to discern whether or not we, uh, to see if we examine ourselves, see if we discern the body of Christ. Discern the incredible price Jesus paid for our sin. We always say, if we, if we think we have sin, that's not a big deal to God. If we think we have sin that we, we don't need to turn from, uh, then we're not discerning the body of Christ, what he paid for us, the price he paid for our sin. We're not hearing what Revelation is saying to us. In that case, the Bible urges us not to partake, but to, to search our hearts in prayer. But if we need to strengthen our hope, if we need to enlarge our vision as we stand on the edge of eternity, if we need strength to say no to sin and yes to the treasures of eternity, then by all means we come and we eat and we drink freely. Freely. So let's each take a moment now and, and confess our sins before a holy God.